0: And we have something else as well, because as you know, this week was Teacher Appreciation Day. So if you're a teacher here, whether it's Camden or Duval or Brantley or Charlton or wherever, Glenn, I don't know. But if you're a teacher, would you just stand real quick? Teacher, administrator, come on, somebody. All right. Thank you so much for your service. You may be seated. You. You do an amazing job inside some very, very tough parameters, Um, you know. And so, if you will stop at the connection center on your way out, we have a gift for all of our teachers. So um, anyway, our teachers and as well our moms on either end of the 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 building, the exits north and south. There is north and south. There is a um, there's a gift for you there. And it sort of ties into the message, which we're in our Heart for Home series, and we've been talking, we've been doing a virtual tour through the house, started out in the living room. I don't know why I didn't start on the front porch where I'm going today, but <coughs> I didn't start it, Brother Josh did. So anyway, he started in the living room, and then I took us into the kitchen, and then last week we talked about the bathroom. That was a little messy. You should have been here. If you missed it, you ought to go to YouTube and check it out, but it it's was a great time together we had. and then today I want us to talk about the front porch however moms in your uh, gift it's basically a set of measuring spoons and what do you do with measuring spoons well you dip ingredients that goes into chocolate cakes or whatever I don't know chocolate cakes are a part of my past that uh I could sing the song precious memories I guess you're married to Kelly and she says your sugar's too high. I just take it that I'm too sweet. But anyway, <clears throat> been Cadillacing along pretty good though since I've been eating cabbage and lettuce and tomatoes and it was very difficult the other night. We went to Logan Steakhouse and uh, man I ordered me a nice steak and the guy said, Would you care for some of them rolls? And I was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kelly said, No, 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 no rolls. I'm like, man, I don't even come to the steakhouse for the steak. I come for the rolls. But I said no, and man, it was tough. But anyway, that's another time and another place. But let me talk with you about these measuring spoons that you're gonna get, because I wanna sort of loosely base my message around some of that. and Because I wanna talk about the recipe for a great home. <clears throat> now, we have already talked about the difference between a house and a home. Because you can build a house with a little bit of money, Uh, You could build an elaborate place with a lot of money, and just because it'll keep you out of the elements of the cold and the hail and the rain, the snow, or whatever, that doesn't make it a home. A house is not necessarily a home. And then I shared with you, in order to to be a real home, we had to have the love of God there. Because it, it could be a home and be very quaint, very small, very dainty, almost nothing. It might not even cost much money, but yet you've got the love of God. Yet you've got the love and kindness and the fruit of the Spirit and all that stuff. And therefore you have a home, though it may be a meager home by the world's standards, it could be a great home by God's standards. Amen? So anyway, but some the recipe to, to getting there. Now this is not complete. But one of those spoons says, a heap of love. Now, you in the South, you know what a heap is, right? A heap of love. Uh, I think about the love that is bestowed upon us. The Bible says, greater love uh, has no man than this, that he would lay down his life for his friends. Years ago, I wrote a play, a drama, that we carried out about five years in a row, On Easter it was called no greater love we had a large cast and we spent a lot of money and putting that production on had a lot of people come to the Lord but what it showed was that there's no greater love anywhere than the love that God demonstrated Romans 5 and 8 says God put his love on display he demonstrated his love to us that while we were yet sinners he sent his son Jesus to die for us amen Well, let let me tell y'all something real cute before I dive on into this, because this happened with my grandson, my oldest uh, grandson, Micah. He was with his mom this past week, and he had a video game that wasn't working. And so he said, Mommy, would you pray for my video game to work? So Chelsea grabbed the video, and she prayed, Dear Jesus, please help this video work. And he just popped it right in, the game it was, and it didn't work. So he popped it right back out, and he prayed. He said, "God, please let my video game work." And he put it back in, and it worked. He said, "Mommy, we have to pray to God. Praying to Jesus didn't work." <laughs> Mother's Day. I thought you might like that, but anyway. So uh, we got to have a heap of love, and then them spoons has. Um, a a dash of kindness let me define kindness you know what kindness is kindness is not something that you conjure up or i conjure up some people can fake it for just a little bit but if you're around them long you you know we know that you're faking it that you're not really kind kindness is one of the fruits of the spirit that is uh it's generated by the holy spirit at work in us causing us to be good to people that's not necessarily good to us Causing us to be good-spirited, to be kind-hearted to those who are not necessarily kind-hearted to us. Amen? And you can try to turn over a new leaf, but it won't work unless the Holy Spirit's there providing that tender-heartedness and that kindness. And so a dash of kindness, and then a pinch, just a pinch of patience. Now, let let me run ahead of myself real quick. You don't have to get there yet. But in Lamentations 3 and 25, it says, the Lord is good to everyone that trusts him, So it is best for us to wait in patience, to wait for him to save us, and it's best to learn patience in your youth. Some of us missed our window. (laughs) Are y'all with me? I had a rare opportunity uh, the other day to go fishing with my oldest son, Adam, and I hadn't been fishing with him in years, and um, I I sold my boat and all my fishing stuff, and I I hadn't done it, and I just, just hadn't in a while, but I had an opportunity to take him fishing the other day. and it was actually yesterday i believe it was so friday night i had gone down to the hospital in jacksonville to see a baby and on the way back i said i got to stop and pick up a rod and reel because i ain't even got nothing to fish with anymore so you know so every fisherman you know knows what a zebco 33 is probably one of the most popular common man rod and reels so anyway i go into to a walmart not ours but you know just suffice it to say and So I go back there, and Kelly picks up a couple odds and ends. You know, it is to go to Walmart, you have to spend at least $50. There's no other way about it. But um, so she picks up a couple things for the house. And of course, I got to get some test strips, you know, to see how sweet I am. But anyway, um, (laughs) so I go over and pick up a Zebco 33 Authentic. They got two of them. I look at it, it says $29.97. Sounds like my plan. I grab it, go to the register. And man, everything rings up, and Kelly's got about $10 worth of stuff. And when they scanned that rod and reel, it rang up $198. And she said, your total will be $227. And I looked at her, I said, man, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. She said, $227? I said, you mean the rod and reel cost $198? I said, there ain't no way. She said, well, let me scan it again. Scan it. Yeah, that's right. And I said, ma'am, I'm going to tell you, all of them back there at Walmart don't cost $198. I said, if this thing cost $198, it would have been in a glass case back there. I had to get a key. I'm sorry, it's ringing. I, I, I said, you're going to have to call somebody because this ain't going to work. And, and you, ordinarily, I'd have just said, take it off and left, but I was leaving at 530 in the morning. It's already 10 o'clock at night. So <clears throat> she calls the CSM and you know how it is, sometimes it takes patience. You're supposed to have a pinch of it, and I don't know if I had the whole pinch, <laughs> but, but I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, y'all know how it is, like when your light come on and then two or three other lights come on, and they got to them lights before they got to your light. That'll test your pinch of patience. Y'all with me? But I was cool. I was good. till the customer service manager come and said, well, it's price right. It's $198. I said, ma'am, I need to speak to store manager because they ain't no way. Every fisherman in here, raise your hand if you ever fish. You know a Zebco 33 don't cost no $200. <laughs> right? So they said, well, they went back, and the other ones are priced the same way. I said, the only problem is they both priced wrong. There ain't no way. So here's the real patient one in the crowd. Well, Kelly had done looked it up on Cabela's. It was $24.97. So while I'm making the case to the CSM, if it's $24.97 at Cabela's, I'm at Walmart, dude. Come on. A dear lady, probably mid-60s, back here behind me, I don't know why. See, there was people from here to the door in line. You know how it is if you ever got to get a price check. Anyway, I felt terrible. Woo man. I ain't even got my parachute. I was about to go. <laughs> but anyway, so here I am, and uh, the lady behind Kelly, she just pulls up and says, hey, walmart.com. It's 1998." <laughs> Didn't even need to. Didn't even need the CSM. We done got it figured out on walmart.com. Picture and everything. code 33 Classic. Hey Amen. They settled that thing right there. They just charged me to 1998, and I was happy. But my pinch of patience was almost gone. <laughs> so in your little spoon set, you need a pinch of patience and a heap of love, right? And you need a dash of kindness and a spoonful of laughter. Spoonful of laughter. Now, let me tell you all something. You know what the Bible says about laughter? A merry heart does good like a medicine. Now some of y'all believe in that medicine. You're taking that cholesterol medicine every day, that sugar medicine every day. You're taking all of this and all of that. The Bible said that you can laugh. And sometimes things are so, so bad you just need to laugh because you don't want to cry. You ever been there? Sometimes you might as well just laugh because you, you feel like cussing, but you might as well just laugh. Uh, because Christian ain't supposed to be cussing y'all with me say amen and so now laughter is amazing gift the Bible says blessed are they that weep for they shall laugh amen Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything there's a time to cry and then there's a time to laugh Charlie Chaplin said a day without laughter is a wasted day he said life is better when you're laughing he said there's Nothing in the world so irresistibly contagious as laughter and good humor. It reminds me, two years ago, not last year, year before, I was in Guatemala. Now, you ought to see us in Guatemala. How many of you ever been on a mission trip with me to Guatemala? Let me see your hand real quick. Is there anybody in the room? Nobody. I tell the story how I want to then. <laughs> now, anyway, now I was in Guatemala, I had 12. I was part of the 12, me and Kelly, so there was 10 others beside me and Kelly. We're in Guatemala, and as you know, they drive like absolute nuts down there. Some of y'all kin to them, right? <laughs> but anyway, we're there, and we've worked hard this day, and we're going somewhere to eat this night, and we get in the van. Now listen, they got a Toyota van, Now you know that's built for little people anyway. And they crammed us all in there. There's 12 of us in this little van, and we are. And I'm right behind the driver. Frankie's right here. And normally I sat over there, but his wife was with us, so she was riding shotgun. I'm right behind him, and I'm sitting here. Man, we are getting it down the road. Now you know how the hills in Guatemala and the mountains, man. You might be looking for 1,500 feet over the edge, and the bad part is the tires. We noticed already had steel showing on them. I'm not kidding you. You ask Brother Henry Brown, he'll tell you. But anyway. We're going down a road. Now, you know what a speed bump is? A speed bump. Now, in America, most places, it's kind of a suggestion that you ought to stop, start slowing down, because it's sort of a gradual grade. It's just a bloop. It ain't that way down in Guatemala. If it's a speed bump, it's not a suggestion about slowing down. It's an emphatic statement because it's like this. You understand? We're rolling about 50 miles an hour, Pastor Frankie's telling a joke, and he's just looking back and talking, all of a sudden, bam, bam, bam. We hit that, and we jostled everybody out of their seats and people bouncing, and I got tickled, man, and I started laughing so hard, I couldn't shut up laughing. And when everything got quiet, I started laughing again. Beth Thomas was with us, and she got tickled. She said, his tickle box is turned over. And for the next hour, I laughed uncontrollably. I'd get quiet for about 10 seconds, and all of a sudden, here it come again. I'm going to tell you something. There's something purifying about laughter. There's something good about laughter. Next thing I know, everybody in the van's not laughing about a speed bump no more. They're laughing at me. Matter of fact, Somebody took out a video and put it on Facebook, and I think it it just about went viral. People laughing at me. But nonetheless, uh, laughter is good for the soul. Um, So you need laughter. That's part of the spoon set there, a spoonful of laughter. Now let me just take you, if I may, now there's a lot of scripture that deals with patience and I understand that tribulation works patience. So if you're praying for patience, be careful how hard you pray for it. Tribulation works patience. I, I, you know, me and Adam was working on his truck the other day. He called me and said, he said, Daddy, is there any way you could um, help me look at my truck? About 15 minutes, I'm hearing a little squeal. I think a belt or a pulley might be bad. I said, no problem. We'll look at it. And so he came to the house and I didn't hear no squealing, mechanical mind of mine, I didn't hear no squealing like a belt or a pulley going bad. The belt looked good, all the pulleys turned fine, but we, for the sake of it, thought we saw one that might be close and we changed that one. Well, you know how it is, the, the noise went away, but it was intermittent. It would show back up in 30 minutes. So I came on out here to life group training to speak, I had to say a few things and whatever. So Adam called and said, Dad, this thing's squealing again. It's carrying on and vibrating out. I said, well, meet me out here at the church. I'm about done, and we'll, we'll go look at it. So I drove his truck home. He drove my car, and I'm hearing this almost sound like a bearing noise for you mechanics out there. And I said, man, what is this? What is this? And so I got home. I said, let's back it up on the ramps, and I said, it may be the universal joint, and I'm hoping, Lord, don't let it be the torque converter. You know, but anyway, so I get up under there, and I grab the drive shaft, and there's a lot of play. I mean a lot of play, like half-inch, three-quarters-inch on each side. So the center support bearing is gone. I said, well, that's no problem, man. we just pull this thing down, change it. Well, in the old days, you'd do it like that. It'd just be spined together right there, and you'd do it like that. This thing is yoked together with another universal joint, and a bearing pressed all up on it, and All of this stuff. And some of you mechanics understand, you take that stuff down, you better had marked it on this end and in the middle and on that end, because it is balanced by the drive shaft. And if you get it out of balance, you will think you're riding in a buggy when you put it back together. Are you with me? So, And then another thing that just sort of tested my pinch of patience, because we got that thing all apart. We replaced the U-joints in it. We replaced the center support bearing. Adam took off work. I mean, we spent three or four hours. We got this thing all back together. said, let's go on out there and dry fit it before we go get some lunch. We felt pretty good about ourselves. I bolted up the transmission end of it real easy, got right there, center support got right there. Adam said, Daddy, I'm having a little bit of problem back here getting this bolt in. You know why? This forward shaft and the aft shaft are splined together, and we're one spline off. You know what that means? Oh, yes. <laughs> Unbolt everything, take it back to the shop, press those universal joints in the middle back out again, pull that yoke with the gear puller back off again, and spin that thing one tooth and hope you got it right. Are you It's sort of my pinch of patience, with, but, but, but we got there. Are y'all with me say amen but uh but but that's another thing about laughter when we look at this thing we decided we might as well just laugh about it because what we're gonna do cry we still got to put it back together we still got to get it done and so Anyway, I got to get y'all to the front porch, man. This is what we're supposed to be talking about today. Lord, have mercy. Where's time going? So let me say this. We talked about the living room. We talked about the bathroom. We talked about the kitchen and all this. But the front porch is where we normally, well, there are some people who, who, who go through the back door all the time at their house and their friends come through the, but anyway, let's just assume you come to the front porch. Let me say this. Kelly's talking about building a forever home, and here's what I know. I don't know if it's here, if it's there, where, but I do know this. It'll have ports around at least three sides. Of that building, <clears throat> in the old days they had big porches. How many of y'all was raised in a house with a big porch, huh? I guarantee you, those who are older or older than me, fifty-one. Those who are older, you had a big porch. I don't know why. Friends come over and you just sort of hung out on the porch, huh? You know, and, and Harvard, you know, the porch usually was a, represent, a representative of a rest, where you sort of sat there and drank some sweet tea back when you could drink sweet tea, or lemonade, or whatever. And, but on the front porch, it was usually shaded and all this stuff. But in a harvest time, you know, harvest time, oh, child, the front porch would have a pile of corn right here, pile of butter beans right here, a pile of peas right here, some okra over here. Y'all understand? And you know what you did? You sat in them chairs right there and your daddy and mama said, we're going to shell them till they shelled. Uh, we're going to shuck it till it's shucked. Uh, we're going to peel these tomatoes until they all get canned and put up. And that's what we did. And so, man, it was tough right there on the front porch, but usually neighbors would come, and these neighbors helped you put yours up, and you helped them put theirs up. And that's what it was. So I just want to make a little observation about the porch. Uh, It's where we kind of gathered. Something else about the porch, if you could imagine walking up to, well, see, there we go right there. Right, Right behind that heart is probably a door or somewhere there. There's an entryway into the home. And that's kind of what I want to talk about for a moment is that entryway that's right there at the house and the front porch. A lot of things happen right there. Some people go to the mailbox and they stop right before they open the door and they read the mail right there. Some some of them have good news. If Ed McMahon brought them a big check from the publisher's clearinghouse, you know, they probably jump and shout and rejoice. On the other hand, if there's a certified letter, that says they're coming to get your car because you had not paid for it, you might have problems right there. You might even make that an altar right there. I don't know. But nonetheless, right there at the entryway is, uh, you know, it's a tough place. Some people walk out that door every day and take it for granted. But let me say this, sometimes they walk out that door and later that day or the next, or three or four weeks later, they're rolled back through that door in a wheelchair. You know, always we think we're going to walk out, we're going to walk in. But that's not always the case. I got a cousin that's three, three years older than me, had a massive stroke two nights ago. I don't know if he'll walk back through that door or not. Um, so sometimes people walk out that door for the last time and they don't know that that's it. But it's also the threshold of new life. Uh, some of you know Chantre and Ashton Hall. Uh, she's a member of our uh, praise and worship team and uh Ashton went to school with my daughter Carly and uh, they've been here at the harbor. They had a brand new baby boy uh, a day or so ago and I, I don't know if today will be the day but at some point they'll bring that baby home and you walk through that door for the very first time and that just shows I mean that's that baby's introduction to this is home this is life this is how it is now let me go a step further and say that at that door certain people need to stop and not even come in your home mom and dad let me be the first to tell you there's certain kids that based on their life and there's what they're doing don't necessarily need to come through that door not that you hate them but that you don't want your kid to be associated with some of the things that they're doing not that you don't love them, not that you don't pray for them. Everything that walks through that door is not that great. Are you with me? Say amen. 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 So so let, let's say that there's certain people probably that should not come through that door because they're bad for you. Listen, you're one of two. You're the influencer or you're the influenced. And lots of times people are easier influenced than they are being the influencer. And sometimes people, did you, hey, let me just say it like this and I'll move on. Show me your closest friends and I'll show you your future. Show me your closest friends and I'll show you your future. And here's the beautiful thing about that, and I didn't intend to say this, but you're the only one who can do anything about that. You can change it. Salesmen sometime right there at that door, they need to be turned around because you don't need what they're selling. You can't afford what they're selling. You probably don't even want what they're selling but haven't got the guts to tell them no. Hello? So right there at that door, you just leave them on the porch. huh? I can't do that. I don't need this vacuum cleaner. Don't even use the one I got. No, I'm... (laughs) I was talking to these men out here, ladies, y'all understand. (laughs) So, sometimes the devil comes knocking on that door and he's got some things. Now, I want to use that door as a metaphor for just a moment because sometimes he comes and it's not necessarily to that door, but he comes to the door of your mind and he's got attitudes that you don't need. Matter of fact, he's got attitudes that Christians would not tolerate, so you might have to check yourself. He comes to that door with some actions that there ain't no way you ought to be taking part in. He comes to that door or through that door with some vices and some hang-ups and some habits that you don't need, don't want, can't afford spiritually. They don't need to come into your home. Amen? There's a lot of things we ought to leave on the front porch. I remember walking in one day, and I was filthy as a pig. My wife stopped me in the door. No! you ain't coming in here with that mud all over them boots huh and y'all ever been in the hunting club and yeah well that's how it is take them off right there well what about these muddy pants well go around back and take them off. lean bringing that in here on the other side of that don't let the devil or anybody else bring a no bunch of junk into your house that ought not be there um let me move on the front porch is A place of rest, and usually there's rocking chairs or a swing, or you know some a glider or something. It's a place of solitude, a place where we can think and maybe read a paper or read a magazine or perhaps read the Bible or do our devotion. Uh, Maybe it's a place to dream, to just sort of think. I like to sit on the porch sometime and just watch the birds play. A matter of fact, on our front porch. Uh, we had put up a little bird nest that, uh, uh, I don't even know if it was a bird nest. I think it was something else. Anyway, a little bird laid a couple of legs in there and Kelly checked on them birds every day and took pictures. They ugly, Lord, they ugly, you know, birds when they, that's how it is. But she took pictures and every day, just like she was their mama or something until the birds flew away and they're gone. It's at that doorway that we bring our babies. As I said, we bring them. And it's also in that same doorway when you walk out going to the last one's wedding, and then you get to feel that empty nest syndrome. Boy, that was weird. I heard older people talking about that. So when Carly got married, I you was know, some only girl. Like, oh my lord, you know. But I, I got beyond it. And then Adam got married. And then uh, AJ left. And then Andrew left. And there's something about man when the last one leaves, you start thinking I'm old. <laughs> Amen. Start walking in them bedrooms and thinking, what in the world happened? And where where did that kid go? that was so little and sometimes so mean and where, where are they at and I look around now and the baby's like 24 huh and when I get into the mirror I say man yeah he's 24 and I'm looking all of it <laughs> right that's just part of life but so they came here They're with us in that home, and then there's a day they're going to walk out of that home. And it's not that they're not going to come back, I hope, but but they're going to go on with their life. They're going to be joined with their spouse, and they're going to make a life together. You know what the beautiful thing of it is? Kelly and I had four kids, but God has doubled our blessing. We have eight grandkids. Amen. Lord, have mercy. There's a reason they put grand in front of their name. So now I want to tell you something, there is also something else you need to know, at the door, right there at the door, can be a place of confrontation. It can be a place of great concern. I told the first service back in the day, uh, we didn't have a real big front porch, we lived in an apartment complex, your front porch consisted of a welcome mat. That was about it. But I had a guy that lived down beside, up underneath me, I lived on the second floor, And uh, this was years ago. Carly was a little baby, about seven or eight months old. And this guy loved loud music. Now, I ain't got no problem with loud music. I like the music that you can feel the bass thumping, where your heart just says boom. I'm okay with that, but not at 1230 or one o'clock at night. Y'all with me? So I went down to his porch and I knocked on that door. He came to the door and I could smell the alcohol. I knew I was in a futile exercise, just asking him to turn that down. So with a real smart aleck remark, I'll play it as long as I want to play it, as loud as I want to play it. And I said, have fun while I call the cops. So I did, true to my word. First, I called the manager. The manager came, said, turn it down. And he ignored that, so she actually called the cops. So that led into kind of a battle now, every time you see each other walking, right? So man, he come in from work, boom, boom, man, my glasses would be shaking in the cabinets. Y'all with me? And so I wasn't as saved then as I am now. No, I am. I was saved. But I decided, you know, one night, tip for tap, man, he got cranking that music up. So I grabbed me a broom. I got going through the kitchen, son. I'm like an Indian. Woo-hoo. Banging and stomping and beating and bamming and framming, man, I beat that place. And about the time, thirty minutes went by, and I thought he got quiet. I grabbed it again. Him, bam, 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 bam. I'm just, man, I'm high jumping. I'm telling you, man, I, I told you I wasn't as this as I am now. But my patience had done gone away. I don't, the pinch of patience, I don't even think I had. I didn't have a, quite a pinch then. But let me try to close it by this. There's a time for confrontation. And let me give you another example, more recent. And I'm not. Uh, I won't say it anyway. <laughs> As a Mormon's come to my door, and I love the Mormon folks. We just disagree theologically. And so I'm there, and I've already said that I'm the pastor of the harbor. So I'm thinking that most people take a hint that I don't need to try to convert him because he's already a pastor of the harbor. He's probably not going to convert. Man, these young guys, you know, they're doing their missionary work and just went on and on and on. I said, listen, brothers, the Apostle Paul said, if anybody brings you any other gospel than I have preached to you, let him be accursed. (laughs) That, you know... So pretty soon they left. At some point at the door, you've got to stand up for yourself. I can be as nice as anybody. And, and I can say what I need to say and still be nice and still be saved. But it's that confrontation um, that sometime at the doorway, because if you don't, you just let everything in. You with me? At some point you've got to say no. So I wanted to share that with you today. And uh, the front porch is a beautiful place. It's a place where families ought to gather. It's a place where there ought to be rest. There ought to be meditation. There ought to be thought and all that kind of stuff. But think about the entryway into the home and use that as a metaphor as well as the entryway into our minds. We need, to, the Bible says this guard your heart, for out of your heart flows the issues of life. In other words, we need to take guard because all kinds of things can come if we're not careful. All kinds of things can get in if we're not careful. And so um, we have to watch ourselves. Now, I want to go back to our measuring spoons and then we'll we'll tie it up right here. Something was said the other day uh, in the Harbor Leadership Academy. Some of you may not know, we we have the Harbor Leadership Academy. It's offered once a year. It's a nine-month intensive leadership program. We had 20 people sign up for it this past year, and we're coming to a close somewhere around Father's Day. And as I was preparing last week to teach on leadership, uh, I come across some reading material that I've had for years and years, an old book that John Maxwell wrote. And I wanna share this with you. I'm gonna ask you to stand with me, if you will. Because, you know, in the teaspoon or in the in the spoons that you're going to get the dash, you know, of kindness and the pinch of patience, and the heap of love and all that stuff. I just want to say a little bit about um, what happens when we're kind and it's not reciprocated. What's happening when we love and it don't come back? And you give, and there's no gratitude, there's no thanks, there's no And you exhaust yourself for somebody else, and it's as if they could care less. You've probably been there. If you're in ministry, you've definitely been there. But here, I I read something that John Maxwell wrote, and it so stunned me. I shared it with the leaders in the HLA, the Harbor Leadership Academy, I said, because this this is going to happen. Here it is. People are illogical, unreasonable, and self-centered. Love them anyway. If you do good, people will accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Do good anyway. If you're successful, you'll win false friends and true enemies succeed anyway. The good that you do today will be perhaps forgotten tomorrow. Do good anyway. Honesty and frankness will make you vulnerable, but be honest and frank anyway. The biggest man with the biggest ideas can be shot down by the smallest man with the smallest mind. Think big anyway. People favor underdogs, but they follow hot dogs. Fight for the few underdogs anyway. What you spend years building might be destroyed overnight, but build it anyway. People really need help, but they may attack you if you help them. Help them anyway. Give the world the best that you have, and you'll get kicked in the teeth. Give the world the best you have anyway. That is in line with our Lord and Savior when he said, do good to them that despitefully use you and mock you and call you all kind of names for for my sake. Love them that hate you. Do good to them that abuse you and say all manner of things against you. If they want you to go a mile, go to. Go above and beyond just because that's what I would do. When they spat in his face and they slapped his face and they ripped his beard, drove the nails in his hands and his feet, he looked up and said, Father, forgive them. Lay not this sin to their charge. They don't know what they do. And you know what? The Bible won't tell us this, but you let me borrow your mind for just a moment. I believe that Roman centurion that was driving the nails in his hands, when he finished, later that night, when they come back to check, so that they might break their legs to to speed the process. Jesus was already gone. Understand that he had already been scourged and beaten and crucified. The others, all they had was a crucifixion. Jesus had endured a beating beyond belief. But when Jesus, when he gave up the ghost, there was a Roman centurion that cried out and said, truly, this man was the Son of God. And you know why I think he could say that? I believe in driving those nails. When Jesus began to talk, I believe his eyes caught the masters, and he looked into those dark brown eyes and never saw love like he saw there. But he had a job to do, and he done it anyway. But what Jesus was saying was, I love you in spite of the pain you're inflicting on my body." I love you in spite of you carrying out Roman's rule. I love you in spite of all this that you're doing. Love them anyway, succeed anyway, build it anyway. That's the recipe for a wonderful home, for a happy home. There's going to be hard times. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be setbacks. Get up again anyway. Try again anyway. Love anyway. Succeed in spite of what the world said. No matter what they said about your name, press on. And you say, well, Pastor, you don't know how I failed. Here's what I know about a failure. A failure don't get back up. They stay down. When a boxer gets knocked down, the ref begins to count. If you can get back on your feet before he says 10, you're back in the game, friend. So how do you get back? You call on the Lord Jesus, and you might have to say, Lord, forgive me, I didn't have the patience that I needed. You might have to say, Lord, I did not display the love that you've displayed to me. I didn't have the kindness that that I should have. I didn't do this, or I should have done that, or I shouldn't have done this. Please forgive me, and he'll do it. He'll forgive you. And then you press on. Anyway, let's pray. Father. In the name of Jesus, for everyone that's here right now, I ask you, Lord, if there's one person that's lost and don't know you, if there's a person that thinks they've tried and tried and tried and they just just it in the towel, Lord, give them the courage after what I said today to try again anyway. God, minister to your people right now, right where they are. Touch our moms, keep them, Lord. God, I pray for strength to be added to them. I pray for joy to be added to their lives. I pray, God, that you would just minister to them. Touch and safeguard our teachers as well. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. You may be seated for a brief moment. Our host, Zach Patterson.